0: back it's time for triple play after a week absence of adulting i'm back and i learned a lot while i was gone like every father scott on father's day scotty hates ties Cruz can't stand Kawhi, or maybe he loves Kawhi. and Dietz continues to give us knowledge that we didn't even know we wanted or needed but guys we're back at it again it's october 6th there's a record date so however you're going to listen to us whenever you're going to listen to us we appreciate it we've got a lot going on we got major league baseball we've got we're going to go EPL. We're going to go across the pond today and freak you guys out. We're going to talk a little LeBron, and we're going to talk a little football. Are you guys ready? Gentlemen, how goes it? It goes good.
1: It goes really good. This is um, two days in a row of an Astros win, so I'm in, I'm in a happy place.
2: No, like uh, no no, trash cans to celebrate with?
1: Um, as long as you're filling them up with champagne, I don't care what the vessel oh. is. Oh, wow. Hey, <laughs> Four wins in a row, just saying yeah whatever
0: (laughs) deed still wants somebody to get beaned i can feel it yeah yeah
3: i I can't believe it hasn't happened Bregman got hit today (laughs) yeah good for him
1: yeah after he went after he went
0: yard get him (laughs) well so scotty's happy because the astros gotta win i'm happy because you know the braves have won all of their postseason games so that makes me happy Um, Bruce used to be an Astros fan, but I don't really know what happened there. You know,
2: Uh, they switched leagues. (laughs) So so you retired. I I retired. Yes. My my fandom died with their move from the national league. They're always a national league team to me. Not really. I just stopped watching.
1: Well, the park's being used for national league play. That's true. With the Braves right now, actually. That that is, that's that's, what a strange, strange year. 2020 is. Acuna has got to be looking at that left field porch. just.
0: Static. A lot of home runs today. It was nice. It was very nice to see nine runs after watching Game One against the Reds, where I had to suffer through thirteen innings of, of scoreless ball. I don't, I'm too old for that. I, my heart can't take that kind of stuff anymore.
3: I didn't mind watching Trevor Bauer go out without his team scoring a run. That really didn't hurt my feelings at all. After doing the McGregor rant, strut. Ugh, he just drives me nuts. That's well, part he did of his the
0: appeal. same. He did the same thing when he walked off the mound in that game that he did when he walked off the mound against the frogs in the college world series. In case you guys don't remember, he mocked the TCU hand signal when he walked off the mound and he mocked the chop when he walked off the mound uh, last week. Yeah. Nobody, nobody likes them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dietz, I, I know it was short lived, but the Brewers did make the playoffs.
3: They did three, so, three playoff uh, appearances kind of. So most in franchise history consecutive. Yeah. And they really gave the Dodgers a run for their money. I know you guys were all sitting there watching those games, wondering who was going to come out on top and, you know, just, just missed it.
0: <laughs> the Brewers did something that I didn't think was possible in the postseason. They made Clayton Kershaw look good.
3: Yeah. You know, we're, we're just trying to uh, build them up so we can get torn down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I know that you guys talked talk a lot losing, about last losing, time.
3: losing record shouldn't be in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to say that losing record <laughs> yeah. shouldn't be in the playoffs.
0: Well, well I mean, to to their credit, they won the tie break, which I don't know what the tie break was, but what was the tie break for them the versus the record? Giants? I think was it was division, division records. Division record. And then uh, which,
3: and because they actually tied in that, it went to division records in the last thirty days and the Brewers had a had like a one game or two game lead there. It was very <laughs> it was very very interesting. I don't know. Don't quote me on that, but I know it's something really obscure.
0: Well, no, uh, yeah. All all I know is remember
1: that that to get in being weird. They had to, to get in after a loss. They need the Giants and the Phillies to lose. So, I mean, that is about the craziest way to back your way into a playoff
2: spot. They drew yeah. lots. Yeah. Or just,
3: <laughs> yes. or just being a, a, a bad team, but still finishing second in the AL West. You know, I mean, that works too. <laughs> and now two games That's... up
1: on the, uh, Shots fired. First place team. Yeah, You know, that's fine. Long way to go. Hey, look. Shots fired and hot takes early. We talked about about this last week. Um, There's, yeah, nobody has any business being in the playoffs sub 500. This is not the NBA, specifically the, you know, Eastern Conference. So, no, I don't (laughs) take a lot of pride in, you know, it taking the wild card series for Houston to get to a 500 record for the season. Um,
0: are you sure? Cause I felt like you actually, there was a lot the of pride.
1: At the t- yeah. There was a yeah, lot of by saying you were happy show. with two wins. <laughs> I, I am. And, and here's, here's the problem. I had zero emotional connection to this season, like zero, right? It was just, it was a, just ride it out season. Um, And now four games into the postseason, I am all in. And so that is just a recipe for disaster.
2: <laughs>
1: what a
3: bandwagon fan you are. Whatever.
1: I was, born, I was born like 10 minutes from the from the stadium
3: that's, that's a lie Amen. that stadium wasn't built when you were born okay
1: but either way <laughs> i was still born i was born 10 minutes from either stadium
0: you there's Go a stadium me. out there somewhere and scotty was born 10 minutes from it
1: i was born on the wet on the southwest side of houston they're both 10 <laughs> minutes away from the dome and or downtown so it all and
2: Like out. what traffic in Houston are you living in? Like that's take, not today.
1: <laughs> take it that way. You get there. You're oh. The family can fact check me on that one. We might get hit up on Facebook after the show. <laughs>
0: so,
1: I feel pretty good about it.
0: So I know, I know Dietz doesn't like losing teams uh, in the playoffs. Uh, teams with losing records. Um, if there had been 16 teams with winning records, would you guys like the eight team format?
3: I still nah. don't like I still don't like the three game opening series um for teams that won their division. I, I you know, I mean I I realize that nobody re- well, I shouldn't say that. There is one team that took it on the chin because c- of that. Um but I I think if you win your division, you're the number 1 seed in the playoffs, even if you're the number 2 seed, I don't think you should have to play a three game series even if you're at home. I just I don't like that at all. I understand why it had to happen this year with the 60 games and the short season, but I just think that there has to be more incentive to win the number one seed in the regular season than a three game series against a team that potentially might just get hot.
1: Yeah. And I mean, using the Twins Stroh series as an example, which I, I know we'll get to more of, um, Houston used four starters in two games to get through that series. Right. So, to Dietz's point, that's a really weird way to survive. And, you know, best two out of three allows you to, you know, run the bullpen out and do a bunch of stuff like that, which, isn't really built for playoff baseball, right? The team knew, you know, either way they were going to have three or four days off because of the amount of travel involved after the series. Um, that's weird. So I don't know if, if my mind changes, if the schedule's more stacked up, right? Because it's not like baseball to have that much time off, but they finished on Wednesday or Thursday of last week and had four days off. I mean, that's insane. Um, but what, what I don't like and what I, what, what I will stick to is, is I'll be aligned perfectly to deets there. Like, there should be a benefit for having the number one record um, and having to host a three game series. Doesn't feel like a, a win there. Um, what I did like, I mean, I love the fact that on the second day of the playoffs, we had 8 postseason baseball games to watch. It was glorious. That was awesome. Right. Um, the problem is like, that's really, really great as a fan from a neutral point of view, right. Kind of from the March madness point of view where like, you know, TCU's never in the tournament, so just watching that much b- basketball is a an, an awesome thing, right? But that one year TCU gets into the tournament as a five seed and be really ticked that they have to play a twelve, right? And it's the same idea in in this in this instance. The Twins had an amazing team and a great year, and because baseball expanded it this way, they kind of got the short end of the stick. So I don't know. I I, I don't love that, um, and I, I don't think the idea should be figuring out ways to you know, get mediocre teams into the playoffs.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, unfortunately the twins, no matter how good they are, are will always be a mediocre team in the playoffs because they're just <laughs> they're just they're a terrible <laughs> playoff baseball team and it's been going on for two decades now. I I, I looked up some information on the twins and I just want to share some 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 really pungent statistics. They have a six fourteen winning percentage over the last two years, one thirty seven and eighty five. They obviously haven't won a playoff game in either of those years they're all for their last 18 in playoff games the last time the the twins won a playoff game scott you and i lived under the same roof in 2004 wow so i just think like how can a team and i realize that they're a small market theoretically minneapolis isn't that small but they're they're kind of run as a small market team how you can have that much futility over 20 years is, is astounding to me to not even win a game. And a lot of those losses have come against the Yankees. And and I get that there's a financial discrepancy, but the last win was a a seven scoreless inning performance from Johan Santana in a two, nothing shutout of the Yankees. And their last series win was in 2002 in the ALDS. That's incredible to me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, especially when you consider that like the Marlins are, undefeated in series in which they make the playoffs right talk about the complete opposite of that right like you would think that the twins one of these years years could get on a you know a Kansas City's Kansas City Royals or a White Sox type run you know and and have the team that that makes it through to the end
2: you know and and, and especially
1: with what was supposed to be I mean on paper the the staff was legit and the lineup was very well-rounded right like it's baffling that you know, the games were as low scoring as they were and they came out on the wrong side.
3: Absolutely. Well, and you look at the talent that has been on those twins teams and just the talent needed to win a division in major league baseball. You have to have good starting pitching. The twins have had good starting pitchers. They've had solid players. They've had MVP players and they still haven't been able to win games. And it's, it's like, it's just an exercise in futility. So, I mean, like you know, for the Astros to get that first round by, I just feel like that was, you know, that was really fortunate for them because, you know, the twins can't win in the, in the playoffs. So, I mean, yeah, we're always going to be uh, heading into the, into the second round with a nice fresh, uh fresh roster, fresh pitching staff. So good for the Strohs.
2: Yeah. At some point or another, I'm not the kind of person that necessarily believes in a ton of momentum or a ton of like, oh, this, this player wasn't here before. So they're not affected by the past, but at some point or another, you got to start thinking like, Brand new team could go out there for the twins and yet they're still holding a little bit of that burden. Like we can't we can't lose. Like we can't be that and then and then they do. And I wonder if that isn't weighing on them just a little bit, trying to break this uh break this long run of futility. I hope not. I don't think it should, but something has to make sense here, right? <laughs> old legacy o and weighs on you.
3: is old eighteen it, it has to factor in. I mean, you know these guys are getting questions about it you know, before the game and it gets brought up, it gets talked about on TV. Like these guys know about those types of things. And, you know, I I think, I think it just ratchets up the pressure.
0: Yeah. Because they, they hear about it all the time. Everything happens and it it feels like they're going to need something to go perfectly their way. And it started bad when Josh Donaldson was left off their playoff roster. You know, you don't have to bring her a rain. That's not good.
3: Yeah. They could have at least gotten a rain delay. That would have been better than an L. Yeah,
1: one of the things uh, not twins-related though that that's kind of cool. This is the first time I think Houston and the A's have ever played each other in a series. I think the NL has one of those as well. Yeah, Padres. Yeah, and Dodgers. Padres and Dodgers. You know, and I and I know that's still possible in the normal wild card format, but it's a lot harder to get to. Um, yeah, well, that's you know, just cool.
2: because the Astros are a National League team. You know, you
1: well, know that's, that's true too. Well, and, that's what and they are also because San Diego, like hasn't made the playoffs and I don't know since Kevin and Eddie played. So whatever,
2: but you know, I'm just, I'm just saying,
1: I don't well, care. And the A's have a tendency to lose that wild card game every right here. Exactly. So I know, I know it's possible, but it, it was crazy to think that it hasn't happened until now. And I mean, even the NL West would, I guess, technically have more chances. Although again, Padres have been just awful. Um, but that's, that's a cool thing that, that you're getting this time just because of the way it was set up. It was almost destined to happen. In fact, we were talking about it last show. There was a, a point in time where like three out of the four series on each side were going to be division versus division. That's not how it worked out. But that's actually kind of interesting that you got that kind of setup. But I do like that trans benefit, I guess, uh, of the playoff format. You know, And I, and I will say uh, playing in a quote-unquote neutral field in Chavez ravine, when it's a hundred degrees and there are no fans, I don't have a problem with that either. <laughs> like <laughs> I think similar to what we're seeing in, in all of the other sports, I really feel like that puts a, a major benefit on, um, offenses. I, I just really do. Right. When there's, when there's no crowd, when there's no pressure, when there's none of that, I really feel like it gives the offenses for each team a big opportunity to just dial in. You know, it's, it's eerie to see, but it's it's something that I, that I think is playing into the hands of of some of these teams that did kind of eke their way in.
3: Well, that definitely didn't play out for any of the teams in the NL Central uh, in terms of your offense comment there, Scott. The uh, NL or the NL Central and AL Central really struggled to score runs in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and, and I I wonder, you know, we talked a lot of, a little bit about this, but I wonder if that has I wonder if we got a little head faked by. The fact that during the season you had regional alignment, one of the things that is hard to ignore is that, to your point, the NL Central and the AL Central are both gone, you know, from the playoff picture at this point, and they did nothing but play each other. So either they were so phenomenal that they just beat each other up all season, or right, those divisions were <laughs> pretty rough and they got you know kind of fat on playing the likes of the pirates and the Royals, et cetera. And, and it makes you wonder like were the cubbies really that good record wise. And, and were the twins really that good record wise, or was it a little bit of a, of a head fake there? Yeah,
3: I think I, I, Oh, sorry, I, go I ahead, actually, yes. well, well, I would, I would just take it a, a different direction. I don't think it was so much a head fake, but I think it was, it was the fact that those were the divisions that were competitive in the final week of the season where everybody needed to quote unquote, shoot every bullet in their gun to try to get into the playoffs. I mean, you had, you know, um, the Cubs didn't clinch the the central, um, I think until, you know, the third to the last game. I mean, they were sitting in the best position, but, you know, the Reds, the Cardinals and the Brewers, they were all struggling to get in. And then in the AL central, you had a three-way race for seating. And in a three-game series, I think setting your your pitching staff And having all of your guys rested and kind of ready to go, you know, as a Brewers fan, just sitting there without having, you know, no Corbin Burns, no Devin Williams, Ryan Braun, you know, hobbling around, although that might have been the case normally, just because of where Ryan Braun's career has been in the last couple of years, you just didn't have a lot of teams coming in with, I would say a, a lot of health. And then you compound that with the Cardinals situation of, missing so many games in the first part of the year and all the double headers that these teams needed to play in September, there were no off days. And I think that that situation really taxed both the central divisions. And I think the NL central in particular, you had all of those teams playing the makeup games with the Cardinals, very few off days. And I think you, you saw that all of those teams were just, um, or most of those teams were just out of gas by the time they got to a three-game series, and just being down a little bit is enough to tip the scales in a series like that.
0: Yeah, and I think ironically, St. Louis was the only NL Central team to win a game, and I think combined of the seven teams, only two wins in the entire playoffs. The the, the White Sox got game one, and St. Louis got game one. Everything else was a loss for for the entire both both of those divisions. But, Deets, that's that's a good point on. You know, how did COVID, you know, because the Cardinals missed so many games and, and, and playing a lot to make it up, uh, you know, had to, you, you think it probably caught up to them, but we'll, we'll have to see. The, the Cubs, I don't think they have an excuse. I mean, they just, they didn't score. I mean, that, that's it. Like, I don't, I don't know that they get to play the, well, St. Louis missed a bunch of games. So that, that impacted us. I mean, I think the Cubs were fine. They just failed to hit when it mattered. And,
3: and that I, should I mean, make cert-
0: you happy, but that should make yeah, you happy. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, certainly. Certainly. I mean, there was, <laughs> there was more than just that, but I think when you, and I don't want to hammer on the point, I just think that the Cardinals situation where they didn't play for 20 days caused um, the schedules for these teams down the stretch to be incredibly compacted. And, you know, the, you're, you're playing, you're playing a very a game of very thin margins at that point and teams, you know, on the whole, These teams just were more battered, more bruised, just didn't have the pitching um, lined up the way they would have liked to, the way maybe the Dodgers or the Padres could.
0: Yeah. Uh, Again, fun, fun times. Lots of, lots of playoff baseball. I mean, as we record this, Yankees and Tampa Bay are tied at one. So I know you guys wanted that update, but uh, (laughs) you know, uh, so we got one season uh, coming to a close, you know, playoffs have started. Uh, Another season uh, that has kicked off recently. And then we're, we're talking football, but, but, but not of the oblong spheroid kind. We're talking round ball across the pond. And Dietz, I know you love you some EPL. I know you keep tra- uh, tabs on Chelsea. Your thoughts as the season has kicked off so far, what you thought from week one, and then what the hell happened last weekend, man? <laughs> well, I will, uh, I will
3: say this for anybody that follows EPL. I think that the signing of Jameis Rodriguez for $20 million- gonna go down as the steal of the year for Everton. I mean he's made a world of difference. Um, you know, world-class player was was with Real Madrid for a while. I mean he's won, played in the top competitions, and they've got, you know, Carlo Ancelotti now managing that team. I, I think the stigma of the EPL being a four-horse race, you know, with the big boys Arsenal, Chelsea, Manchester United, Manchester City that really hasn't been the case. Um, I know Liverpool just won last year, kind of running away and man city had a good year, but you've had other teams come up. You've had Leicester city come up. You've had, you know, Tottenham has been a lot better recently. I think legitimately you're talking about the EPL being a 10 team league. Now that doesn't mean that the team that finishes 10th is going to win it in 21, but I think you have teams up there that, that are, that are competitive. I leads, uh, Leeds, uh for example, promoted this year, um, has already won two matches. So the the level of play in the EPL just continues to get better and better. And it, it's across the board. It's not just the big guys. So if you're looking for competitive soccer, football, week in and week out, um, I think the EPL continues to be the, the banner league in Europe for this. Because yeah, you might not get a, a surprise winner every year like Leicester a couple years back. But you know, you're getting competitive matches and you're getting some, some shock games. And I think it's been really, really good so far for uh, the matches that I've watched anyway.
0: Yeah. Well, and this past weekend was full of shock games. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Aston Villa just destroyed Liverpool, you, you know, yeah. I mean, it seven, it, two, it, I mean, that's ridiculous, you know, and then you look in the same day, uh, you know, Spurs destroy Man U. You know, was that one was six 2 right? Like, I, I mean, it was just just absolute thumpings. And then, you, you know, uh, Le- Leicester City, you know, near the top of the table, you know, takes on West Ham, who was almost relegated last season. Remember, West Ham escaped by the skin of their teeth, and West Ham blasted them three nil. So, if you were quote unquote a name club or near the top of the table, you got your teeth kicked in over the weekend.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty weird to take a look at the table and see both Manchester City and Manchester United you know below the halfway line uh city sits in 14th manchester united in 16th i mean they're just above the relegation line right now which is which is crazy i know we're only 4 games in but you know this has been a uh, a very interesting start to the year and i think a lot of that has to do with the shortened off season right so you had the stoppage and then they came back you know after after covid and they finished off the rest of the year a lot of people didn't wa- wanted them to just you know, call 2020 a season and just move into the next one on the regular calendar. But they came back, they finished it out. Liverpool won the title, and they, these teams that go out and spend a lot of money and bring in a lot of new players haven't had as much time to integrate those players into the system. You have still got transfers going all the way up to deadline day, which I believe was yesterday um, on yes, the fifth. Yes, I think yesterday. so. Yep. So you know, you've still got these big clubs replacing players that they've lost and bringing in you know new blood. So I think they're going to get it together. I don't think you're going to see Manchester United finish 16th, or if, if you do, you're going to see some some pretty impressive firings uh, yeah. this season. Someone's but,
1: getting sacked.
3: <laughs> right, but but, but but I think what, you know, my point that I made before, the, the, the top 10, I think you've got 10 teams that are going to be a threat week in and week out. Uh, you're still going to have the title contenders, you know, I would say the big four for sure, and then you probably throw in Um, an Everton and a a Tottenham and and probably Leicester as dark horses. They're probably in that next tier, but you've got a lot of really, really solid teams that that can compete and, you know, can steal points and can, you know, hold serve on their own pitches uh, at home. And so I I think it's going to be a really, really interesting season. I don't think you're going to see a team like Liverpool run away with it this year. I, I, I just don't. I think there's going to be a lot of jockeying and, a lot of uh, horse trading up at the top. Um, and especially once we get into Champions League and comp competitions where some of these teams will have a lot more rest than, than these other big boys that are playing, uh, you know, in multiple competitions. So it, it'll be interesting this year for sure.
0: Yeah, and if Man U continues to hang down there near the relegation zone, you know, they might actually hire Ted Lasso. And if you <laughs> haven't watched that show, watch that show.
3: I I have
0: not, not, but I'm going to. (laughs) I've been delaying, but
1: uh, it's it's probably about time. I I will say I I don't watch a ton of EPL, but I did make it make it a point to to tune in a couple of times over the past month. And and maybe my eyes are deceiving me. And and, you know, y'all keep me honest here. But Leeds looks like they're a heck of a fun team to watch. Um, Leeds is awesome. They, I mean, I don't know how to compare them. You know to a team over here, maybe like the entirety of the big 12, but they're just like, <laughs> let's go, right? We're just going to run and score. And if we get countered, then we get countered. Um, like it's baffling to me that somehow they found it, find a way to draw against man city one, one. Cause I don't know how one they play that good a defense for 90 minutes, but two um, I don't know how they only score one goal. I mean, those guys are in attack mode every second of the clock. You know, that was a fun way to, to, see the season kick off against them in Liverpool. And I feel like uh, I'm sure they'll, they'll rein it in and teams will figure it out. But that's one of the cool things to me about the EPL and, um, you know, really international soccer at, at large is you get these teams that are legitimately coming out of nowhere because of promotion and relegation. Um, and they have nothing to lose, right? Like it's, it, it's really cool, cool to see. So um, I'm not going to say I'm going to attach myself to the leads by any means, but that was a fun team to watch.
0: You should definitely attach yourself to leads. Yeah,
1: but last time I did that, I attached myself to like Fulham and then they got relegated yeah. the very next year. Um, <laughs> hey man, and, they're and back so, this year.
3: They're yeah. old and strong at, at 20th though. They haven't uh, they haven't I was about to say, they lost more. Oh no, Scott, I think one, no, no, Scott, I, th- th- I, th- I think that's a really fair point. And and we saw it with Wolves previously, and and you know, I know if you're not a, if you're not big into the EPL, but what's what's been happening in the lower levels the championship and and football league 1 the last i'd say 5 or 6 years is they've been more aggressive about hiring you know top level managers getting some better talent obviously you're not going to be able to recruit the best talent in the world when you're playing down a you know down a division but you know you go out and get good players and you you implement systems that can win and that's what wolves did that's what leeds has done um very open up systems i think historically what these teams would do in, you know, in the lower divisions is they would run the style, they'd run the national team style, right? So if you're an English championship side and the English, uh, you know, world cup team is running a four, four, two, that's what these lower divisions, you know, they just kind of like breeding this out and you didn't see a lot of variability in the lower leagues. Well, those days are over. And then when these teams come up, they're not, going to these defensive shells just trying to hold on to you know one of the bottom few teams and avoid relegation they're trying to make some noise and actually get into the top 10 and possibly fight for the europa league uh positions right away and you you've seen you've seen several teams come up and kind of make um you know make noise right away which i i I think there's kind of a blueprint for that now and that's and that's good right because that just injects a new competitive team and again i I'm not going to sit here and say that Leeds is going to win the EPL this year, but you know, they've hung, I mean, they've hung with Liverpool. They drew with Manchester city. They've played very, very well. And I think that, you know, when, when, whenever you can remove a cupcake from that schedule, it it just makes it harder on the big, big boys. Cause like I mentioned at the top, you know, those guys are playing in multiple competitions. Sometimes they're going to have Tuesday, Thursday games. Sometimes they're going to have cup draws, So, you know, there's a lot more travel for the teams that finish in the top four that are playing Champions League, and that all takes a toll. So you can get some shock uh, finishes like you had with Leicester a few years ago where they weren't in any competitions besides just the EPL, and they ran it out, and they ended up winning the whole competition as, you know, Manchester City and Chelsea and Manchester United, they were all still fighting across multiple fronts, and they had to be a lot more cautious with, um, you know, player fatigue and that type of stuff.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, Leeds uh, is, is an amazing story. One just got promoted again, but also they were painfully denied promotion a couple of seasons ago, losing in the promotion playoff. And after having won the first leg and then dropping the second leg and, and the key when you're a smaller, you know, smaller Leeds being like the second biggest town in England, but you know um, uh, when you're a club like that, that's trying to get up, you want to go get the best dude from North Macedonia on your squad. That's, that's the key is, is you get yourself some Elgin Alyaski, and that's what matters just in case you guys needed to know that, but you know, he's the best of the North Macedonians.
1: So we can't pronounce the uh, tour de France winners, but you can pull that
0: name off. Well, yeah, well, you know, you didn't ask me to pronounce the tour de France winners. That was you, uh, you, that was your, your gig. Fair enough. I can't pronounce it. Not on air
1: anyway. Right, that was
2: off the clock.
0: <laughs> so um the mad hatter had a rant last week and and or I guess uh, almost a couple of weeks ago for the NBA mostly about Kawhi and Paul George if I remember correctly right yep so Scotty uh, you're not the biggest NBA guy but I know Cruz is but we all watch we all pay attention it's the finals that actually I think game 4 is going on right now um as we as we record we have LeBron in his 10th finals where does that rank legacy wise for him? Do you put him above certain people that didn't get to 10 finals, or is it, eh, he's just been in 10 finals? He hasn't won all 10s. So is it that impressive? Yeah, I'll say this. Uh,
1: when the number was like four or five, I was pretty dismissive, right? When, when it was, you know, the four years with the Heat plus the, the one year he got swept by san antonio right and when he, was yeah, he yeah he did <laughs> um but it was but it was those five where it, it was somewhat disappointing almost because the heat should have won more than two I, I don't think there's really any argument there right they they should not have lost that yeah series to the it was not
2: one not two right not three <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, wait it was just two. It right. was just. Two. I mean, what
0: was he supposed to do? Get on the podium? We were like, "Yeah, we're gonna get our butts kicked. We're never gonna make the finals." <laughs> no, but uh, was, was he said he said seven not- or whatever the numbers got up to. Yeah,
2: that's what he said. Right. They're not gonna win three. They're not gonna win four. <laughs> he I mean, was right. I think they were accurate. Yeah. <laughs> He's not technically wrong.
1: Um, but, but point being, right? You know, he. I think during during that run, the consecutive trips to the finals was to me almost a, almost a letdown. N- not that. It's less impressive, but just in the sense of it wasn't just him. They had the team, right? That should have been at least three in a row. um, And they should have been counting, right? They should have been trying to fill up uh, all the fingers on one hand. And so that was to me where the whole conversation started. But then you add four more years in a row in Cleveland. And I know they only got one, but I would argue they shouldn't have even got that one. And then to come back and I mean, look, I've watched the Lakers play way too much than I'd like to admit. That is not a good team outside of those two guys. It's just not. And the fact that seemingly they can will their way into the finals. I mean, we saw, and again, this is where the rant was last week. We saw what good talent looks like without leadership. I'm starting to buy in guys to the idea of what mediocre talent looks like with leadership. And to me, if there's a legacy to be had, look at the Cleveland teams and and really look at this Lakers team. And you're it, it, it going to be hard-pressed to convince me that these are even top five talent teams outside of LeBron. And, and I think that's the part that to me is so impressive. Now, do I think he should have a better than 500 record in the finals? Yeah, right. I think that, that's a ding, right? That's going to keep him down on the list. But I mean, you know, you're in Boston Celtics' with leagues of 18 territory at, at this point. I mean, this is ridiculous.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think maybe because I don't follow the NBA as much, you know, maybe I have a little bit, I, I don't want to say, you know, maybe like high level perspective, but when you just look at it on the numbers, it, the guys played 16 years. He's been in the finals 10 times. That's 10, 10 to six, right? Like, and it's not like he's not making the playoffs in those years. I, I hate it when, the the narrative with LeBron is like, well, is he better than Michael Jordan? Because it's like, okay, well then even if you're saying no, like even if you're arguing he's not, then that still puts him as what? The second best basketball player of all time. Like, oh my gosh, that's such a horrible thing to be like. He's, he's, I, I don't think it's even arguable that LeBron is certainly among the five greatest basketball players. Who's, ever played. And I think it's probably a a smaller number than that. I mean, I, I just don't know. I don't know what people really reasonably expect from the guy. I mean, you can't say, well, should he have 16 rings? I mean, is that the measure of someone's success? Let's say, oh, he's got 16 rings. You know, I, I, I think he's, I think he's incredible. And when you look at everything that he's done, in terms of, you know, having three finals MVPs and having the rings that he does, yeah, he probably should have won one more, two more, whatever, but like he's getting there. And, you know, find me somebody else with that kind of track record and 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 see what it is. You know, and and fine, we can talk about Jordan. Jordan's better maybe. But you're still talking about maybe one, maybe two other people that you could put ahead of LeBron in, in any of these arguments. So, it's like the guy's incredible and we just to be amazed even at, you know, 35, 36, whatever he is now. I mean, he's an unbelievable talent and the fact that he's been that since basically day 1 when he came in as a high schooler is is crazy to me. You know, he never really had a peak. He's always just been at that level and you know, yeah, there's years where he doesn't score as much and there's years where he changes the game a little bit more and I think he's a little bit, you know, he's been more pass-centric since he's gone out to LA, but you know, the guy still gets it done, which is, you know, I mean, that's, that's everything you ask for in a player, right? You just want, you just want to get there and have a chance and he's the best at getting his team a chance to win a ring.
2: There is a romanticism that people have about players that somehow I believe this, if LeBron had spent his entire career in Cleveland and had this same record that he would be all right. Right. People wouldn't necessarily be having this argument, but the problem is he had the decision and that (laughs) turned so many people off of LeBron to the point that like, yes, I'm a Spurs fan. And so in 2007, he was like, he wasn't ready yet. That, that he got there, but clearly the Spurs were in a different league. The West, I mean, some would argue the West is still in a different league, but it was really a different time. And that was just him getting his feet wet, essentially, in the finals. But you could see that you, you everybody kind of knew what was to come, right? So that makes me feel good. Because, again, as a Spurs fan, I appreciate it. Hated 2013, loved 2014. But, you know, when the times that LeBron has been a free agent, the times that, you know, he's been considering moving teams and whatnot, with the exception of the decision, you have people in a city like San Antonio where LeBron and Popovich have a pretty good relationship, saying, I never would want LeBron to come to my team. And I'm like, are you insane? That's about the only answer that I have to that, because I don't care what you think about the decision. I would take LeBron and 11, 12, 13, however many scrubs you want to put with him, because he's taking a team to the playoffs at the very least every year. Now, things have changed a little bit. Maybe part of it was decision and the quote-unquote super teams that started to form at that time. I mean, really, the NBA has always been a superstar league. It's very difficult to get by with just sheer team play. 2014 Spurs were probably one of the very few exceptions to that rule, at least in modern times anyway. It's about having superstars. Now, can LeBron do it on his own? I don't know, but I don't necessarily think that that would be his fault. I think you are pretty much at this point, not only just needing to have a superstar, you're needing to have two or three because the best teams in the league have two or three. Now, I mean, I think maybe, maybe even this year's heat are doing a pretty good job of, of demonstrating, you know, good team play. Cause they've got, they've got good players, right? I mean, Jimmy Butler obviously has been just tearing it up and, but I don't know that you would consider like him and I don't know, Adebayo and a bunch of these other guys anywhere near LeBron and Anthony Davis. Right. So, so maybe they're a good example. Right. But I think it's, I think so many people hold that, the decision thing against him that they don't want to look at how good he is, how good he's been and how could he continues to be in the content. And plus people just love to argue about like back in my day, players are better about love. So, you know, you're going to have people who are forever Jordan, People who are probably forever Kobe. People who are probably for, forever LeBron. It's just the way it is. That's what makes sports fun. But to to dismiss him as not one of the greatest basketball players ever is pretty. Um, I I don't buy that at all. It's uh, the legacy three and six. That is tough. But yeah, he's been in ten finals now. That that's got to be worth something.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, you've got to go be but... you got to be in the six finals to lose six finals. And I think that's what people get. So hung up on well rings this rings that, you know and and again, you know it's it's hard for for one man to try to will a team to a, a title, and and we saw that when he was at his first in in Cleveland, you know he he got them to to one finals and then it was it was tough like you know he just got beat by teams that had better talent, but I mean ten finals is absolutely ridiculous, um you know we've all kind of hinted around it you know. I, you know, and again, I think Jordan's the best basketball player that's ever played. I think LeBron is second. I know all the Kobe people are going to get up in arms, but I mean, you know, 10 finals is what it is. And, and not only that, but in a finals that he should not have won. So in, in 2016 uh, against the, the Warriors, we're talking about the only person in NBA history to lead the finals in points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. He led every single category, every person that played in those finals. No one else has ever done that. And, and so that's a monumental task. And not only that, you beat the team that had the greatest regular season record of all time. And that's what it took to do that. And to me, that's, that cemented his legacy as far as where I thought he was just right behind Jordan. The fact that he's continued to, to go to finals and now may win another ring you know, with the Lakers this year just keeps adding to it. But I mean, the, the guy's amazing. And, and you're right. I mean, everybody wants to hold one kind of mistake against him. And it's the weirdest thing ever. Oh, well, I didn't like the way he announced this free agency. Are, are we freaking, are you kidding me? I mean, the dude's opened up an elementary school. The guy's done all sorts of things. And well, I didn't like the way that he announced where he was going to go to Miami. Really? I mean, I, I feel like we should get over it. Wasn't that 2010? I feel it's time to move on. <laughs> it was a while ago. Yeah,
1: they just put out new content on it. So I I,
3: I always wonder about that, though, because everybody bashed Michael Jordan when he left the game and decided to play baseball. Right. But like that seemed to be quickly forgiven when he came back and, and and the Bulls went like right back on top and. LeBron's kind of just always been on top. I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's what his problem has been is that he has gone to too many finals. He hasn't, he hasn't had that. He hasn't had that stretch where he's looked like he's done and then come back. He's in the finals every year, every other year. You know I mean? It's like he probably, w- he he would have had a good chance last year if he wouldn't have gotten hurt, you know? I mean, maybe they wouldn't have gotten past the Warriors, but you, you just never know because you know, the guy is that good and he is that good in the playoffs. So it's just, it's one of those things where I think he, he just, he doesn't get the credit he deserves, but you know, five years after he retires, everybody's going to look back and be like, this guy was, you know, I I, I think you're right, Russ. I think he's, I think he's number two, potentially number one when it's all said and done. I mean, if he gets another ring, I think you got to start talking like that.
1: Yeah. I think it's interesting. Um, a couple of opposite. observations. One, you know, people, I think, aptly compared to more to Magic than they did Jordan. Um, and I, interestingly, Magic went to nine finals and quote, unquote, only won five. So actually very similar careers, right? LeBron here in a week could be four and six in, in finals. And as I was thinking about it, he gets, you know, knocked, I think, for, for not being able to play along people, along with people. And I think the reality is he can't play alongside specific types of people, he reminds me a lot of, you know, the type of guy we're realizing somebody like Tom Brady is, right? I think if you, if you flip the, the numbers and instead of being, you know, three and six, Bron is six and three, there's not even a discussion here, right? It, it's one of those things where if, if he can find the, the people and, and the coaching staff and et cetera, that can kind of play, you know, the LeBron James way to take a page out of the, the Patriots book, Um, I mean, they seem to have success, right? Kyrie can't get out of his own way. So that was never going to work. I mean, he just can't, right? But when you have a guy like Anthony Davis, who can be a humble number two, right? Because they don't like, that's where, if Kawhi Leonard was on this team, like he could have been, that would be ridiculous because he doesn't have to be the leader, right? But because he went to the Clippers and they have no leadership and now they're looking for a new head coach, you know, but LeBron is that leader. And there's something to be said for, somebody that can just over and over and over again, find a way to get people juice to go out there and fight and run through walls. And, and I think at the end of the day, if, if nothing else, that should be part of his legacy, right? Is that he has figured out a way to get 10 guys to wake up and run through brick walls and, and will their way to champion. Um, it's impressive.
0: All right. Hey, deep Uh, it's time to talk a little college football. I know this is uh, big for you uh, because uh, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are coming back to play. Not necessarily the Pac-12, but the Big Ten, because of your Wisconsin badges. So, uh, uh, what's it like up there? Is everyone excited? Is it about damn time? Or are people like, yeah, they should have never canceled it? They, they, you know, <laughs> what, what's the feeling up there?
3: I think it's the, uh, I think it's a little bit more the latter uh, than the former, quite honestly. I think everybody, you know, everybody in the Pac-10 and Big Ten thought that everyone was going to hold the line, and then you know everybody took a step forward except for them and they were all sitting there uh kind of just wondering wondering what happened uh you know back when back when plans were being made prior to the season so i think getting getting the deal done was was the right thing to do I, admittedly uh the state of wisconsin is not uh doing very well with covid right now so i i have a little concern about just university of wisconsin team getting back but i think you know on the whole Certainly, we've seen sports being able to to pull this off. So if they can do it at the at the college level and keep these student athletes healthy and make sure that, you know, we're not having massive postponements or reschedules or anything like that. I think, hey, let's let's do it and let's see what happens here.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting to, to kind of see because we're going to have the big uh, the big 10 playing an eight game conference schedule. Uh, the Pac-12, in essence, it's it's playing seven It's really six, but then everyone's going to play a game on championship weekend. So it winds up being a seven game conference schedule. So it'll be really interesting for the college football playoff, how they weight that because you've got the ACC playing 11 games, the SEC playing 10. The Big 12 sunk. Nobody got I mean, that's such a dumpster (laughs) fire right now, this far in the season. I mean, come on, like it's Red River week and no one cares. That game is so far off the radar. Like, I mean, it's it's kind of funny because TCU had a hand in it. But I mean, come on. I mean, it, if somebody makes the playoff from the Big 12, it's only because it's 2020. Oklahoma State or bust. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, you know, what, though, if, if TCU
2: only wins one game every year, I'll take that one. Thank yeah, you very yeah, much. It's,
0: <laughs> it, 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 it's glorious, you know, because I mean, I thought Texas was back. I mean, that's what I hear is Texas is back all the time. Uh, but it feels like I don't think they understand quite what that means. But uh, but yeah, I, I think Scotty had mentioned earlier he was he was curious is the is the SEC Bama or bust? Not if you watched Georgia dismantle Auburn. Um, if if Georgia's capable of playing like that the rest of the way through that Bama Georgia regular season game will be something to watch.
1: Yeah, I think it'd be interesting though. I watched Georgia play last week though, and it's not the same Georgia team. Maybe. They needed a warm-up. I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, the rest of the SEC, I guess we'll wait to see if Florida ever plays anybody. Um, I guess they'll eventually have to play Georgia. But the rest of the SEC also seems down. I mean, it's a weird year. I, I, I feel like if the Pac-12 or if the Big Ten can put a season together, it, there's openings already. Yeah, well, for yeah, sure.
0: The Pac-12, I, the Pac-12 has struggled to put people in in the playoff, but this is their year. with With, with the Big 12 being down, and I don't see... I mean, I guess it could, but with Oklahoma with two losses, if if they beat Texas and and now your flagship programs each have two losses, uh, you're right. Oklahoma state's going to have to kind of run the table. And are they capable of doing that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, You know, Gundy seems to always stub his toe.
3: Yeah. And I mean, I think that not only is the big 12 down, but you look at the, you know, you look at the pack 12, you know, not a lot of preseason hype for any of those teams out there. I think you had Oregon in the top 25 but you know what's what's going to come out of that conference this year so i mean it, it yeah it, it could be an interesting interesting decision for the the playoff when when everything gets down to it and how is it going to affect uh you know teams that have been sitting for a while i mean you know with with the big 10 and um pack 12 you know maybe having a little bit of recency bias when they get to everything it's, it's just going to be a really interesting process and probably a lot of people somebody somewhere is going to be not happy about
0: it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hope the Pac-12 game of the year is, is week one. Uh, Arizona State at USC. It's a 9 a.m. kickoff in L.A. because it's, it's the Fox big noon game of the week on November 7th. So they're going to play a 9 a.m. game. So, <laughs> so that'll, be, that'll be great. But uh, one thing that everyone needs to know, and this is for all these youngins that are about to get hit the field and all the kids that are currently playing, and it's don't celebrate too quickly. We saw last weekend, you know, you can't throw the deuces on your way to the end zone if you're going to get caught. All right. And I'm talking to you, A.J. Rose of Kentucky, and I'm talking to you, L.J. McConnell of Abilene Christian of all schools. But at least for L.J. McConnell, all they did was get their heinies tanned by Auburn. A.J. Rose's mistake cost Kentucky the ball game. Not only does he get tackled, but then he fumbled two plays later. And oh, guess what? They lost by a point in overtime. So youngins, pay attention. Run through the end zone, hold the ball, run like you mean it. You know, in this olden, everybody pay attention. Like what? Get in the end zone.
3: Come on. (laughs) You know, in this, in this day and age of, you know, going viral and everybody being online and having, you know, you know, everything just, just gets out there. I would think that the sensitivity to having an embarrassing moment in a collegiate professional, even a high school football game, would be incredibly high on people's radar, right? I mean, so it just baffles my mind that you've got people out there that are still making these types of mental mistakes. You have all the time in the world to celebrate after you cross the goal line. So I don't, I just don't get it. I, you know, I mean, if it really makes you feel that much better to start showing off, you know, five or 10 yards before you get to the goal line, you just look so bad, and who who would know these guys' names uh, nationally? Uh, besides hardcore, uh, you know, SEC fans or Kentucky fans, nobody would. But then they go famous for quote unquote the wrong reasons, and I just think it's like, come on, guys, you're you're getting you're getting crushed out there for for Here's making. Here's the thing,
0: though, I don't
2: think it's a mental mistake on their part. I think they're trying to go viral for other reasons. They're trying to go viral because. I'm going to have this really awesome celebration. I got this all planned out. And they're not thinking about the consequences. So that was probably right on plan. They wanted to be that guy on Sports Center, looking like a hot shot celebrating before he got to the end zone. Well, now you're viral for the wrong reason. But I don't think it's a mistake. I think this is absolutely 100% what they're going for. They just screwed up. That's really what happened.
0: Sure. Well, I mean, Tyreek Hill even called them out on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, Tyree yeah Gale said, make, yeah. I see a lot of guys throwing up the deuces and then getting caught. <laughs> well, and it's clearly not Kentucky, any difference. Dude from
1: Kentucky not only, th- you know, chunked the deuce, he was pointing out his girlfriends in the stands. Which yeah. I don't
3: know if there's anybody <laughs> there.
1: Who's he pointing at? Yeah, yeah. Was he,
3: still, was he still pointing with two fingers when he did that? Or was it just, he just had one?
1: <laughs> it was. It was just straight out like... I'm going to chunk the deuce and then I'm going to start pointing people who I'm going to give the ball to. And one second later, he's getting pulled down from behind. Right. I, I distinctly remember, you know, somebody in the NFL doing this a few years back where they were looking at the scoreboard, right. And, and realizing there was a delay on the scoreboard and then they got caught, right. Cause they were using the scoreboard as a rearview mirror. I don't know what that guy was looking at, but I mean, when you, when you throw up the deuces at the 20, I mean, you better <laughs> get in the end zone. <laughs>
3: I I just, I don't know. Maybe it's because, um, you know, any chance that I ever got to score a touchdown, um, I was running as fast as I possibly could. Cause I knew there was, uh, 20 other guys on the field who were probably faster than me. Maybe I just don't get it, but like, I don't know why you just wouldn't run as hard as you possibly can until you got past the go get past the goalpost. You know, you gotta be like, like Bo Jackson running up the tunnel. Like you have to just keep, keep going, man. Yeah.
2: Ask uh, ask DK Metcalf how happy he is that some other people pulled. Yeah, out. he's okay, happy. Maybe
0: he's, yeah. he's happy that the college kids are taking the heat off. He did cost me. He did cost me twelve points in fantasy though. That jack wagon.
3: It cost so. me the win. I lost. I lost by one point.
2: Oh, oh yeah, got, we got some bad beats
0: going on here. Yeah, bad yeah. beats.
2: <laughs> hey, yep.
1: I needed ten points between Edelman and Calvin Ridley yesterday. So I don't want to hear it. I needed ten. <laughs> <Just> ten. <laughs>
3: I needed 13 between Julio Jones and Mason Crosby. Yeah. 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 Did not happen.
0: <laughs> tough tough oh, week for the boys. The I, I, I won, so I don't feel your pain.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, we, we just delved somehow into the everybody's least favorite segment of all time, which is look how bad my fantasy team is. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: it, well, hey, you know what? They can put on a podcast too. If they don't like my our office, rant,
3: my office colleagues will like it. They'll be like, ah, look at that guy. He can't win.
0: <laughs> it's all about perspective. That's right. That's right. All right, boys enjoyed it. Hey, Scotty, tell everybody where they can find us. Yeah. At three play podcasts on Facebook and Instagram
1: and Twitter. i am be honest, not that active on, on the gram. Um, <laughs> Russ and I do tend to put a little more content out on Twitter <laughs> um, website's in pretty good shape though um, if you didn't see it and you want to know my feelings on uh, NFL ties uh, that's at replaypodcast.com, and Deets is working on some Hall of Fame content and then lastly if you haven't yet and you want to follow us on Spotify or Stitcher search Triple Play Sports um, or again you can check out those links on uh, dot com.
0: alright thank you Scotty hey Dietz, I like the Frank Gore idea by the way his son scored a touchdown this weekend for his college team. So Look that. Frank Frank Gore Jr. is already they're gonna playing. Be the,
2: first, the first father-son
0: duo to be playing together. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be the Griffies of the New York Jets. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> all right, brothers. Hey, enjoyed it, guys. For everyone that's going to listen, we appreciate it whenever, however you do it. Don't be afraid to reach out to us. For Scotty Hatter, for Mike Cruz, for Mike Dietz, I'm Russell Roberts. This has been Triple Play. We'll talk to you next time.